0: All right, getting close. Yeah, we get a little bit I, of a uh, foretaste of it today too.
1: Yeah, I was going to say a lot of the readings today are kind of foreshadowing uh,
0: Pentecost. Mm-hmm. A lot of Holy Spirit talk.
1: Yeah, which I'm glad for because frankly I'm getting a
0: little bit tired of preaching John. <laughs> well, it's still John, but mm-hmm. we got a lot of other cool stuff going on.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, first and foremost, did you have a homily yesterday?
0: I. Did not. (laughs) Hmm. (laughs) Okay, very good. (laughs) Yeah, I did not.
1: Well, neither did I, Um, but the homily Mm, in-house was really really good. The (laughs) homily that we had in-house was very good. Um, I just wanted to highlight two things that were said that were really great. One, two things that I didn't know. One was, uh, did you know, remember how we started last week looking at the book of Acts and how the first line was how the Hellenists complained against the Hebrews. Uh-huh. I was really struck by that last week when you and I spoke. Uh, what I didn't realize though in the homeless said this yesterday is that all of the men that were named in that reading to be uh deacons or whatever, they were all they were all Greek. Which I had never that I thought that was really interesting that it's like the apostles picked these seven Greek men to lead the 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 Hellenist side to work in collaboration with the Hebrew side, which were the 12, you know? I thought that was just kind of an interesting thing I never I never thought of. Good. Well, anyway, so I got to say, man, so I've been preaching a lot recently in-house because we have mass every day. Thanks be to God. Um, but it's been a lot of John, and it's been really tough. Like, I've never had to preach this often before. Like, I've preached a lot in the past, but it's always like one here, one there, every other month kind of yeah, thing. Yeah. Now it's like I'm preaching every couple days, and... I never realized that John is hard to preach because it's a bunch of sermons. Like it's just a bunch of long discourses and it's just difficult because it can be a little abstract. Like even this upcoming Sunday, we have the readings uh, continue from last week, the gospel for chapter 14 of John. It's the second part of it. You know, like we had just finished with uh, Philip and Thomas and now it's a lot of promising of the advocate, won't leave you orphans. Like those are really good images maybe pray with, but then there's a lot more of, you know, uh, in a little while you'll no longer see me, but you will see me because I live in you and you live in, like, very John, like back and forth, back and forth with all these, like, one-liners. Yeah, well,
0: I think really just before I even jump into it, there's something interesting that I noticed in our first reading that I'd never really picked up on before, that Philip, so we're kind of continuing with our deacons here. Philip is preaching and doing really great things and curing and, you know, performing miracles. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And people were coming to believe. And what was the response of the church? To send Peter and John Mm. that they may may receive the Holy Spirit because it had not fallen upon them yet. Right, right. And I just thought, man, that's really weird. (laughs) Like, Philip was there doing all that great stuff, but it still wasn't enough. Right, right. That they needed... Peter and John to come and lay hands on them so that it would be enough. Yeah. What do you Which make of that? I think it's beautiful. Well, I think it's beautiful. I think it's showing the distinction even then between um, the priesthood and the diaconate, in, of, you know, in a sense, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that we're not all called to the same thing. Right. We're not all, we are not all everything all at once. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> People have their individual roles and functions and, and missions and identities. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, and I like love that. like Philip had a very particular mission.
1: Right, right. Yeah, so Philip uh, could go to Samaria and he could proclaim Christ to them and then they could respond in one accord after paying attention to Philip. And baptize, and,
0: and baptize.
1: Right, but they still needed... Because they had
0: only been baptized in the name, but they still needed what I think what we would call like confirmation or something like right, that. Right, right. know, the Holy Spirit yeah. is sealed.
1: Sure. It's difficult because like, It's it's very tempting to read back into Acts a lot of the what eventually becomes our sacramental theology of baptism and confirmation, but there's no need to also like I think some people can read the New Testament and try to say that the church later added things. I don't I don't think that's right either. Like you see the germ here, you know. There's the germination here of Mm -hmm. like you're saying a distinction between what we may call later the diaconate. Like the homilist yesterday made it clear that. The book of Acts doesn't use the word deacon, but we know that there's a tradition here of those who are helping the priests. Like There's a diaconate ministry that's emerging, and then also Mm -hmm. a distinction between apostles and other ministers who can't do everything, and that the Holy Spirit comes through the apostles. And I think you see that in germ form. So like, there's something beautiful about this is the germination. This is the beginning of how the church will eventually grow into our very sophisticated and eloquent. You know, expression of the sevenfold sacraments um, that some mm-hmm. can baptize, but others come and bring the Holy Spirit, and that they're a united ministry. And one completes the other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. Um, yeah, they work together. It's mm-hmm.
0: not. It's not somebody that's going out that you know is kind of doing their own thing, and that's why they can't do all of the things. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. Like, no, that's just not. That's just not what he does.
1: <laughs> right. Right. Um. No, that's good. That's good. I When I first started reading this reading, I thought it was going to be the, the healing of the eunuch because that's one of my favorite Philip passages in Acts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But this is a similar passage. You could fill in the details. You know, he goes out and he mm-hmm. he baptizes. Um, One, one thing, that, as you're talking about this reading, I think that stands out to me a little bit is the um, there's always the dyad in the book of Acts. Picking up from the Gospel of John all the way into the book of Acts, you have this dyad between Peter and John that they're always together like it's Mm -hmm. they sent them peter and john it's almost like one person you know and i always find that kind of interesting there's a lot of like there's a lot of reflection there to be had for remembering like how john is is showing deference to peter at the tomb how authority and zeal go together and so like the church is symbolized in both of these men one is the, the hierarchy the authority and the other one is the zeal the youth a new life in the church, but both of them have authority, but they work together, and that might be something for kind of reflection on how the church. I think sometimes can run into these tensions of like, oh, the old people in the authority and the young people who have all the zeal. Like we're heading in opposite directions, but here, like yeah. the church leans on both Peter and John.
0: Yeah, we're seeing a lot of that right now with you know our struggle with adopting a lot of this uh, online ministry. Like, mm-hmm you know the young people are having all of these great ideas and sometimes it's a little bit misplaced or misguided right um, right because there's not that rooted grounding in the tradition in mm-hmm. what mm-hmm. the church teaches right and that's peter right yeah, yeah 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 totally no i like that i hadn't actually thought of that before yeah and you uh, see that a lot i mean I like there's a lot.
1: there's some good theologians who would who would go on and sort of develop an ecclesiology around the different figures of the book of acts so mm-hmm. like the church has a Petrine dimension, a Johannine dimension and then later like a Pauline dimension and also a Marian dimension and here you see like the Petrine mm-hmm. and the Johannine always, always go together um, the zeal and the hierarchy the the wisdom and the you know, the creativity, all that goes together um,
0: it's hard to preach on that, yeah. I don't really know how it it's almost like we're kind of getting into the different
1: <laughs> the different what?
0: it's almost like we're getting into the different charisms of you know, of ministry mm like one you know the jesuits are very particular uh and what we do and it's not the same thing that the franciscan's do right or the dominicans or the diocesan clergy right 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 um and that's good we need that we need all of these different people to do different things so that the church can flow naturally and to reach all nations all people yeah
1: you know actually that's i'm glad you said that because that that is a good segue to uh what we'll eventually celebrate in the coming weeks with pentecost is that you know, that the gifts yeah, no, absolutely. The, the gifts of the Spirit are many, and they're diverse.
0: And, ever- and it's only in that, that that diversity can be unified.
1: Right, right. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Peter and John are not the same person, and they're not the same apostle. They're very mm-hmm. different, and they have different fates, yeah. and, you know, they have different calls. It was John who was called the beloved disciple, not Peter. You know, but Peter was given a new name, mm-hmm. and he was made the rock. Like, we have different charisms, and the Spirit of God gives them to us, and binds the church together, you know, even though we have different, you know, expressions of how to be how to be Christians together. Um
0: Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, I like that a lot. And it kind of flows into my kind of my thoughts on our second reading um from First Peter. This um anytime the word hope comes up, I kinda of get fixated. Hmm. And this one was no different. Always be ready to give an explanation to anyone who asks you for a reason for your hope. Yeah. Like, why are you so hopeful? Things are terrible. Yeah. People are miserable. Why are you happy? Why Mm -hmm. are you smiling? Mm -hmm. Uh, And, like, that's the Christian life to find the hope, to believe, and to trust in that hope, won for us by the death of Jesus through his blood on the cross. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, No. And we have to always be ready. And kind of what we were talking about, like, and that's going to mean different things for different people. Like, you can't just have, you know, a little pithy, Canned response for for what Peter is is challenging us to. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like it's it's got to be how you, um, yeah, 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 yeah. No, that's good. That's good. I gotta think about that. I gotta think about that some more.
1: No, but that's good. And I'm glad that you pointed out First Peter because that that opening section of First Peter uh, for this Sunday is it's actually a really good by itself. It's just kind of a really good exhortation to how to be a minister in the church today, how to be a Christian Mm -hmm. today in the church. It's like just read it slowly. It's like First off, you need to always be ready. Okay.
0: That's no, it. first off, who who? how oh. do you understand yourself? Oh, there you go. Beloved.
1: Yeah, you're beloved, you know, and yeah. you sanctify Christ as Lord in your hearts. So right off the bat, Jesus is Lord of your heart. And then, you know, always be ready to give an explanation. Like the Lord invites us to use our intellectual faculty to learn our faith. Like that's an important piece. It's not just about having hope. It's also about learning your faith and giving reason, you know? Um yeah, but you have to do so with gentleness, with reverence, keeping your conscience mm-hmm. clear. Because it's very tempting to be like, how many people do we know that like dedicate so much time to defending the faith and they are mean? Like <laughs> we're just mean, yeah. You know, really yeah, no, mean it's very people. true. It's like, no, yeah, gentle, they're not effective ministers. No, it's like you can have all the great answers, you can memorize all of the scriptures, memorize all of Thomas. But you'll sound like a resounding gong if you don't have love, you know, if you don't have gentleness. Yeah. You reverence. will convince no one mm-hmm. without love in your heart. Yeah. No, for sure. For sure. So, okay. So, there's a lot of pieces here. I'm still having a hard time, like, landing on what would be a good homily for this Sunday. Like, where would you dedicate most of your yeah. time? Because we're going to have Pentecost yeah, yeah, in, a couple, yeah. in a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. You
0: know? Yeah. I don't want to give a Pentecost homily now. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, I think if I were to right now give you my theme or my thesis statement, it would center around this first part of, of the gospel. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. Full stop. Mm. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. Mm-hmm. Not you'll keep those commandments that you like mm. or those that are not challenging. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. mm mm-hmm, mm-hmm and i think that's what we kind of see in this developing early church and what becomes into into the church um you know they are struggling to keep the commandments mm-hmm. that jesus has given them right and the and the commandments that moses and abraham gave them as well okay you know and we see that we saw that last week certainly with what we were just talking about earlier with this tension between the hebrews and the and the greeks Jesus' command was that they all be one. How do we do that? <laughs> we're yeah. figuring it out, and we can do all sorts of things and we can kind of machinate our own way of doing things, or we can trust in Jesus and trust the advocate that he sent for us.
1: yeah, that's great, that's great. and
0: we're kind of in that we're kind of in that waiting time where we're still trying to like figure it out, yeah, 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 but also we're still waiting for the one that he will send, yeah. I like it. Holy Spirit.
1: You know, so here's, here's another... That was, a lo-
0: that was a long theme. I kind of... Yeah. yeah. Anyway. <laughs> if I was your English teacher, I'd probably tell you to
1: revise that thesis statement. Um, yeah, that's right. Uh, so here- <laughs> One sentence. <laughs> so here's, here's an added word to maybe give more nuance to what you just said. So sticking with that first line of the gospel, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. So that introduces something that I think could be really good grounds for a homily Uh, which is the tension between love and obedience. Um, That Mm -hmm. if you keep my commandments, that's obedience. And oftentimes we don't think about, or at least I don't think about obedience as something that's tethered to love. I think about it as something that's tethered to justice or tethered to punishment or tethered to, you know, just having to acquiesce for the sake of the common good, but never thinking about it always in terms of love is that if you love me, you'll be obedient you know, to me and to my father and in the spirit, you know, and thinking about how Jesus is the one who's ultimately obedient to the point of death. I think there's something to be said, especially for us Americans in, especially us American Catholics with a lot of the stuff with the COVID crisis. It's like, how many of us are willing to be obedient to our local clergy, our local Mm -hmm. church, you know, as they try to love us and care for us? Um, I don't know, there might be something there. Like, how can you preach love and obedience? And maybe that actually, ooh, here you go. Is love and obedience, Jonathan, is love and obedience Peter <laughs> and John? Is that, mm, ooh. Is that ooh. Peter and John right there? Because you have the beloved, beloved disciple, yeah. and you have Peter, who is the rock. He's the hierarchy. Well, He's the authority. He's the one we obey.
0: Yeah, I like that a lot. And you know what else I'm reminded of along those same lines? A certain book that one of our great holy fathers gave us, uh, many years ago, love and responsibility. Yeah, 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 totally, totally. I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh, I like that. So having I... Peter and John as the models for that way of li- of living out. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. There you go. I think that's it. Yeah, and you... again, it's not. It can't. It cannot be. And it can't be individual. Here's the other piece to it, and that's why salvation is in the church, <laughs> because it's together. Mm-hmm. It's all of these different pieces coming together, unified through the holy spirit in the body of christ.
1: Right, right. And it, you could you could tether this back to one of the lines that you really like, I think, and I like too from, you know, Pope, Pope Benedict as well, you know, with like love and justice go together. Love and like with charity and and justice when they go together that they complement each other. It's like love and obedience also mm-hmm. complement each other and if you think about how the letter to peter, what we were talking about, okay, I'll always be ready to give an explanation. Okay, there's a sort of obedience there like an explanation for what we believe. Um, but do so with gentleness, reverence, you know, like there's the love dimension there too. So you can't have, you can't have truth without just, truth without charity and charity without truth. Like those two things go yeah. together, you know, and it's the same kind have of tension. to go together. Yeah. The same kind yeah. of tension with charity. Charity and truth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like that. Cool, cool, cool. Um, yeah, I think, you know, I'm not preaching this Sunday, but if I were to preach, I think I would hinge on what you pointed out, that first line of the gospel. Mm -hmm. Which is, if you love, you obey. And that's not a bad thing, you know? And life in Mm -hmm. the spirit, I think life in the spirit, we think is a life of love, but we forget that the next line after this is, he will be the spirit of truth and not just a spirit of love, you know?
0: Right. You know, this is really kind of, um, the more I think about it, the more I see this as kind of a basis, a foundation of... Catholic social teaching uh, hmm. because it's not out about just out about out of obligation or duty mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's love
1: right, 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 and it's doing what's right out of love, it's not just loving, yeah right? um yeah, no, it's good, and it's unfortunate that like a lot of a lot of social sectors within the church can end up struggling a lot with the Peter dimension of the church, you know, with the mm-hmm. obedience and it just raises mm-hmm. the question as to whether or not. That love needs to be be funneled more and honed in more to belong to the church and not just to be an offshoot, you know a breaking off of the
0: church um right you know right. It's, it's Peter and well, John. I mean, go back to pentecost it's yeah, it's them in their individuality, and this is what I always love to talk about with Pentecost, and we've talked about this often before, is that they, their individuality is not stripped away hmm. at Pentecost, they're speaking their own languages. Mm-hmm. They're being distinctly them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But there's a unity there because of the Holy Spirit. Right, right. Um,
1: yeah, very yeah. good. Very good. Cool, man. Well, with that, I think we have a good precursor for Pentecost, right, to lay this down mm-hmm. and then see how this plays out
0: yeah. in a couple of weeks. Yeah, and that's kind of the fun thing. Like, we're seeing the development of the church. So, let's see how it, how it goes.
1: <laughs> yeah, man. Cool, dude. Any parting thought?
0: All right. Is that no. it?
1: No? All right. (laughs) Sounds good, dude. Till next time.
0: All right. Cheers.